Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Eileen Alberting. Eileen, how you doing? Good. <laughs> I tripped you? over your name. I knew I was going to do it. <laughs> a lot of vowels, and I couldn't handle it. All of the Stumbled vowels. Right out of the yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Your name actually came up earlier today because one of our guests, Jen Story, mm-hmm. who people would have heard two episodes ago if you're listening to this chronological order, which I encourage you to do, I asked her, I said, do you have any guests you would recommend? And she said, I know just the person. And she said, how about Eileen? And I said, Eileen is already on the schedule. <laughs> so you come very well recommended from Jen's story. That is high praise. I love Jen. And you work together at Macmillan. Do I have that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Back right. in 2015. Yeah. Well, we are working. We're very pleased to be working with her now that she's at MKM on uh-huh. her website. So she was a guest and did a great job. She admittedly said she's a little introverted, yeah. which you and I don't have that problem. Right. <laughs> so, so we can get rolling right into that and prove that to everyone. So let's talk about your career path. Okay. Tell us a little bit about what you were thinking about growing up when you said, I'm going to have to figure out a career. What did that look like for you and what did you end up doing about it? I think for me, it looked like it looks for a lot of young people. Maybe you have a lot of big, grand ideas, but then when it's really time to figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. Um, So I went to IPFW and didn't have a really clear idea of what I wanted to study. But I thought, well, I really love to talk and Mm -hmm. I love people. So communications seems like a degree that makes sense. So I got into it and I really loved the coursework a lot. Um, Through my education, I did toy with, oh, maybe I should do music therapy Mm -hmm. or maybe public and environmental affairs, but ultimately found my way back to communications. And actually, um, my minor of public relations, I credit Larry Wardlaw uh-huh. with okay. a lot of that. Uh, there was a class I took that he taught, yeah. and I remember you guys were working on the CityLink buses yeah. at the time. Yeah. And I just remember being so captivated by him talking about how the city and city link is like citizen and i just was really uh captivated with how you can use words and what you know about people and how people think about things and bring that all together i really loved it well and i could see larry making that kind of impression oh yeah so you know communication has some the work that that we do has some analogs to being, you know, on stage sometimes. Right, so right. were you doing that because you have a background in the theater? <laughs> were you doing that prior to deciding what you want to do career-wise or was that something that came later? Uh, well, I mean, I did theater in high school yeah. and I, d- I didn't have designs that I was going to be a professional actor. So that was anything. always just a hobby, something you did on the side. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got involved in community theater while I was in college. Yep. And... Uh, further circling around Larry Wardlaw. Yeah. Um, but it's been, that's a passion of mine. I love that yeah. um, outlet and still talking and being with people. Okay. So you completed a degree in communication mm-hmm. at then IPFW. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Uh, I actually moved down to Indianapolis uh-huh. okay. um, and got my very first big girl job. Okay. And it was for a nonprofit down there doing public relations yep. and some administrative stuff. Okay. And uh, it was it was fun. I mean, like a lot of people, nonprofits are a great way to start your career. You're mm-hmm. going to be exposed to all kinds of things. You'll yep. get to try a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so 
that was definitely the case for me. Plus, I got to play piano for a choir. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so was this a case where you, did you know anyone there or was it completely just based on, you know, they put an ad out, you answered the ad and you got the job? It was that, yeah. Okay. I actually applied for a different job. Oh, wow. I didn't get it. Okay. And the executive director called me and he was like, uh, you know, we chose somebody else for this other position but really we're struck by you and I've got this new position I'm creating and would you be interested yeah so yes okay all right (laughs) so you do that for how long and then where do you go from there I did that only for a year Uh and then moved back up to Fort Wayne my family's in New Haven yep so like a lot of people want to be back home yeah and my next job was at the Embassy Theater Uh and that's when you and I met yes because Tom Borney was on the board yes and we were talking about embassy stuff, and then I think at one point Asher was interested in maybe hiring you. Yes. And I don't think that ever happened. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, embassy, what are you doing there, and how long are you there? Um, I was there for, I don't know, two to three years or so. I was doing um, marketing, fundraising, public relations, kind of a common yep. Um, conglomeration of stuff. So everything. Everything. You're doing everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, I loved that job so much. Mm -hmm. Um, The embassy is the most beautiful office Mm -hmm. in town, of course. It has a story that I love. It's arts, which I love. And um, that was probably the first job where I was with a team of people that we were all like laser focused Mm. on the same vision the same yep. passion of the embassy and you work really hard mm-hmm. in an event venue yeah. um but just that feeling of a whole team mm-hmm. driving towards something together that was so rewarding and exciting to me so hard question yeah you loved it yeah but you decided to do something else why did you decide to do that well i had a baby aha that'll yeah. do it yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so i had uh my kids and was fortunate uh, my family we made the choice for me to stay home with them yep. and um that's not for everybody but for yeah. us that was the right choice and well the events that. the nights and weekends not so good anymore when you're yeah. trying to raise kids yeah yeah okay so you're you're at home with your kids for a while mm-hmm. and then what do you do next and why do you decide to to go off in that direction well, while I was home with my kids, I actually was really lucky. I was able to do a lot of piano playing mm-hmm. um, for choirs and community theaters yeah. here in town. So, you know, a little extra money and yeah. a way to be involved. But um, 2015, I um, had a personal situation change in mm-hmm. my family and yep. needed to get back to work. Yep. So um, that was how I found my way to McMillan. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for someone to do development. Mm-hmm. And so I joined their team and met Jen's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that was really fun. I learned learned a lot about McMillan and growing up around here, of course, we all know Tam and mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So so was that primarily grants or were you doing fundraising? Were you doing both? What what did, what did that work look like? McMillan was a ton of grant writing. Yeah. Um and that you know, the job of a of a fundraiser or development person coming into the role is really hard because you're trying to be keeping up with grants that have already been written and awarded and you need Mm -hmm. to administer and keeping up on everything. But um, yeah, lots and lots of grant writing. Probably my big win while I was there, I um, wrote wrote into WoWo's Penny Pitch Uh and we were the recipient oh, that wow. year, which okay. was really, I yeah. felt so excited about that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was that's fun. Good. Yeah, it was fun. Well, sometimes it's hard to get that 
tangible response, right? Uh-huh. It's a it's a lot of little wins over time. So when something yes. big happens, yeah, it feels good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long are you at McMillan, and and what do you do from there? I was not at McMillan for very long, um, just a few months, and then I was contacted by uh, Madeline Baker, the mm-hmm. CEO of Early Childhood Alliance, yep. and they needed a development person. Yep. And so we had we had lunch, and she told me what she needed, and it sounded like a really good opportunity mm-hmm. for uh, a mission that that was really you know spoke to me. Sure. Um, so I started there in late 2015, mm-hmm. and. Um, that was uh, a wild time, hard work, but yeah. lots of good stuff. So there's a through line so far in nonprofit work. Is mm-hmm. that accidental or was that something that you preferred and, and actually sought that out? Uh, I think accidental. I certainly didn't go into my career intending that, yeah. but I think it was happy coincidence mm-hmm. that it allowed me to to do the things I'd gone to school for. I got to do tons of writing, which yeah. I really love. And um, grant writing is really hard work. It can be really tedious. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of details to it. But um, fundraising work is a lot of fun. It can be exciting. There's a lot of relationship building stuff yep. that you do. And if you love event planning, there's plenty of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was mostly accidental, um, but yeah. something that allowed me to to use a lot of my skill sets and things that I enjoyed. Okay. So Early Childhood Alliance, do you go from that job to what you're doing now, or are there any stops in between? Yep. Okay. Too. So let's talk about what you're doing now. What's yeah. the organization and what's your role? So I work for a company called All Better Together, mm-hmm. and this is a company based out in the San Francisco East Bay area, mm-hmm. actually. Yep. And we are a healthcare provider. So the work that we do is applied behavior analysis mm-hmm. or ABA therapy mm-hmm. for kids with autism okay. out there. Okay. So I joined that team in late 2017 yep. and have been there since. And you were working remote before working remote was cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was no transition yeah. at all for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in terms of how you do that job remotely, what what are some of the things that you've put in place to make that successful? And what are some of the challenges you face when you're working remotely? It was hard at first because I had come from all you know, in-person, on-site yeah. work roles. So that was hard because I think a lot of my um, go-to processes relied on me being able to sit down and talk to somebody to mm-hmm. build that relationship. Yeah. Um, so lots of email, lots of video calls, lots of phone calls, mm-hmm. lots of travel yeah. out to sure. the Bay Area. Um, but I think that we do have so many good tools at our disposal now that kind of by leaning on all of them, I think yeah. we can create a pretty full um, replacement sure. for ourselves. Sure. So what are some of the things that you spend time on? What does the work look like? I want to say day to day, because every mm-hmm. day is probably a little different, but yeah. what are some of the things that take up most of your time and energy? Oh, um, the things that take up most of my time are figuring out ways that we can kind of um, solve two problems at the same time growing client base and also growing staff to Mm -hmm. accommodate and it's difficult to do both at the same time so like any small business you know we get more customers but do we have the staff to support them and vice versa so i'd say for me that's what i spend most of my time on figuring out how to balance those two out 
So, so you have an HR role, yeah. Kind of all of a sudden, yes, because you hadn't done that yes. before, yeah. So, so how much of that is fulfilling for you, and what are some of the challenges in that? With that being, you know, in addition to what you're doing mm-hmm. on the marketing side, um, the pieces of the HR role that I really love are yeah. um, the occasions where I get to support an employee, and maybe they've got some challenge going on personally yeah. or at work, and able to just be somebody to listen mm-hmm. or maybe they need some resources. Yeah. Um, I really, really love being mm-hmm. in that role. The challenges for me are where the the people aspect of that or the empathetic part of that um, sometimes feels like you're handcuffed by employment law. Sure. Um, sure. That can be really hard because they don't often go together. Yeah. So, so you have put together a diverse set of skills. You've got some grant writing skill, you've got some fundraising skill, you have some marketing skill, you have some HR skill. Uh-huh. What are your favorite things to do? If you could design like the perfect job for all the things that you've learned and done, what would that look like? The perfect job for me probably would be uh, lots of interaction with people, okay. um, building relationships yeah. with people. I just love to talk and listen and this isn't like oh Eileen just likes to be talking all the time I mean yes (laughs) but also you know for work it's for the purpose of you know growth or moving a mission forward or whatever okay um so that and I love um strategic thinking Mm -hmm. which you know relationships that are gonna further whatever the thing is and figuring out who do I need to connect with and how to do that yeah. So lots of people-y stuff yeah. and communication. Okay. So you're you're doing that now in, in the role you play. How did you handle being remote? As someone who is a people person, uh-huh. how, how did you handle <laughs> remote during a pandemic? Uh-huh. Because that, I'm sure, was, was difficult. How did you navigate all that? Well, it was hard. But like you said, I'd already been working remote mm-hmm. for a couple of years, yeah. three years prior to that. So um, for my day-to-day work life, it was almost no change at okay. all. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what are some of the other things you spend time on? It's you know quite a bit. You've got the HR responsibilities, communication. What are some of the things that you're working on with your team and, and how do you focus on what you do best? Um, big efforts for me are trying to develop new new client bases, new customers. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of interactions with parents that are prospective. Mm-hmm. Um, their child's a prospective patient of ours. Yep. Um, do a lot of interacting with sources of referrals, mm-hmm. you know, pediatricians, psychologists, sure. that kind of thing. Um, just trying to grow that client base and get word out about us and what we are and okay. why we do it. All right. So when people find you direct, not through referral, how are they generally finding you? Usually it's um, just, you know, they looked for an in-network provider with their okay. insurance company yep. and we were on the list. Yeah. Um, just like most of us finding a doctor. Sure, sure. So it's pretty common. So a little bit different of an approach than you might use to market a theater or to market sure. other nonprofits. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, let's pivot to some of the more quick hit questions that okay. I want to ask. And the answers do not have to be quick answers. You can be okay. as expansive <laughs> okay. as you would like. Okay. But you've done a lot of different things. You've worked in very different settings. You've taken some time off. You've come back to work. What's the one best piece of, it, 
of career advice you have to hear? You know, as your kids are getting a little mm-hmm. older and starting to think about their career path, if oh, they yeah. asked you, like, what's the one thing you want me to know? Not that they would take the advice, but what advice might, better. Might, you give, <laughs> might you give them? Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I would give someone is be be kind to the people that come along your path. Mm-hmm. And the relationships you develop, you never know what a relationship might bring your way, personally mm-hmm. or professionally. And for me, everything I've ever done comes back to the people, yeah. either just people I'm working with mm-hmm. or for mm-hmm. or serving. Yeah. Um, so to me, it, it all always comes back to that. Let me ask you another tough question. Okay. That seems pretty, it's really good advice. It seems pretty simple. Why do you think people don't do that? <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what holds people back when it comes to treating other people like they would like to be treated? What gets in the way? Well, I mean, all of us, you know, I, I wouldn't want to have it sound like I'm always 100% sure. an angel to people. <laughs> There's probably, like, somebody will be listening and be like, shh. If, if we have any callers who would like to chime in, please dial 1-800. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's um, it's a little harder work, I think, to, to think outside of myself and um, to care about what somebody else has going on. Um, but I also think that um, there's such richness to that. And then later I can say, oh, hey, remember when we used to work together or whatever? And then Jen's story says, you you should talk to Eileen. (laughs) Sure. Well, and especially, I think it's true everywhere, but especially in a city the size of Fort Wayne. I mean, one of the things that I quickly learned when I moved here is, because I came from a bigger city, moved to have been here now, man, close to 30 years, but I learned that there's not six degrees of separation for Wayne. There's like two. Yeah. And you know, if you <laughs> if you make an enemy, you've probably made ten because that person is going to tell other people, and you will right. eventually bump into those people. Right. Right. Um, you know, so it's not it's it's not that you can't burn bridges. You just have to make sure you burnt the right bridge, <laughs> or it's going to come back on. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, I guess that was a long-winded way of me answering my own question. Good job. But yeah, well, Sounded thanks. Good. Well, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I liked it. No, but I think it is important if you if you claim to be as you do someone who builds their career around people. You have to be true to that, and it starts with treating people well. Again, sounds pretty simple, but not everybody yeah. does. Yeah, and I, you know, when I look back on my my career, of course, there have been times when I was young in my career where maybe I didn't do that very well, or um, you know, was not feeling my best, mm-hmm. um, and treated someone in a way that isn't in line with my values. Sure, but I think an important thing is to look at that stuff and be honest with ourselves about the fact that we didn't do our best Mm -hmm. and come up with a way we can do better going forward. Well, to learn from it. Yeah. You know, and that's, I actually secretly kind of love getting older because I know more, I have more information to work with. I don't always use it well. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I've learned is if somebody treats you poorly, um, the best thing you can do is turn around and treat someone else well, and that's going to make you feel better. Mm, and again, yeah. it's, it, it sounds, you know, I sound like Mr. Rogers here, but there's some <laughs> truth in it. Right. That, you know, I've found that 
you know, if for, for folks who work in customer service, there there's a lot of angry people out there. Right, yeah. If you encounter one, that can consume your whole day. Yeah. But instead, just pivot. Call someone and say, hey, I've been thinking about how great you are, and here's what I want to tell you. Yeah. And they're going to think you're weird, but if you do it, it puts good stuff back in the universe yeah. and generally makes you feel better, too. Well, and I found, too, at work, you know, I'll sometimes have interactions with a parent, let's say, yeah. that, you know, Understandably, their child's the most personal thing yeah, to them. For sure. And you might have an interaction that's not real great and you don't mm-hmm. like how they treated you, but it really helps me to try and remember, which I'm not perfect at this, but try and remember they're having an emotional response about something that really has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. They may even think it has to do with me, but it really doesn't. This yeah. is about they're frustrated about how something's mm-hmm. happening or what have you. And yeah. that really helps me a lot because it can be easy to get, you know, get your feelings Oh, hurt. sure. Um, so that's helpful for me as I get older to kind of, this is a this is something about them. There might be a way I can help, but not to get stuck with, um, you know, I have hurt feelings. Yeah. And if you treat people well, you're going to have less of that. You're going to get less of those negative reactions. You'll still have them. Right. But treating people well is a good way to navigate your way out of that. All right. Really good advice. Okay. So what is something, it could be with you and the work that you do, could be with the organizations you've worked for. What is a myth you want to debunk or something that you think is underappreciated that you want more people to know about? Hmm. This is a hard one. Um, I suppose just, um, I don't know if it's a myth, but um, you know, people that are in a marketing role or a public relations role or anyone that is representing a company, I, I think it may be little understood the challenge of that role because those people are expected to represent an organization, though they may not be practitioners themselves or may not be you know, making the product yeah. or delivering the service, but be knowledgeable enough about it that they can answer questions, yeah. speak well on behalf of the company. And I think that that, that is a real skill set that maybe we don't really talk about enough. Yeah. This takes people who are good listeners, are learners, are wanting to absorb information. And I think that that's a piece of it that um, we don't think about all the time. Yeah. So you have to be very knowledgeable about things that you know you don't have the opportunity to do every right, day. Right. And I would assume in a setting like the one you're in now, there's a lot to know. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you learned that? What have you done to you know walk that fine line between not getting so deep in the woods that you're stepping on people's yeah. toes, but learning enough so you can be conversant in what the organization does. Yeah, that that is really important to me to be able to to, to do that and walk mm-hmm. that line. So when I started this role, the work that we do, ABA therapy is a highly technical, highly clinical, of course, but there's a lot of technical jargon and acronyms and stuff. Um, it's easy to get bogged down by it. But the first thing I did is I went through a pretty robust training series yeah. that any of our new hires would go through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all online. And, you know, I didn't didn't sit to take the certification exam, but sure. just wanted to be introduced to mm-hmm. it like a new hire would yeah. be, but also helped me to see what does the therapy look like? Mm-hmm. What might a parent be seeing? Ah. What might a new hire experience? Yeah. Um, and I just, I like to do a lot of reading and mm-hmm. find trusted resources sure. online, connect with other people that are yep. in the field. And uh, I'm a little bit of a sponge that way. Cause okay. I do, I like that act of learning. Yeah. Um, 
because I want to be able to. I'm never going to be a clinician and won't won't sure. pretend I am. Yeah, but um, do want to be able to to speak intelligently about a thing and um, be a good representative. All right. So you opted into extra work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's yeah. good. Well, there's a lot to learn um, in any field, but certainly in the one you're in. All right. One, I'm actually going to ask you two more questions. Okay. Um, the next question is about how you do the work that you do. Is there something that you use, could be a tool, could be a tip, a trick, a hack, whatever you want to call it, something you use that you think is pretty great? It could be something that maybe people know about but deserves a shout out nonetheless or something that is underappreciated. What's something important to you? Uh, well, I I don't know. If, I'm sure lots of people know about this, but there's a task um, management app that I use called Todoist, mm-hmm. and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Okay, so so I've heard of it, and I tend to be, I'm nerdy about a lot of things, but I'm super nerdy about like to-do lists. Yeah. What do you like about it? Okay, so what I love about yeah. this, <laughs> like you can set up a recurring task that, you know, I checked it off today and it's going to pop up again in three okay. weeks. Okay. You can categorize stuff. Okay. All right. It syncs with my phone. All right. Okay. Yeah. So it's T-O-D-O-I-S-T. Correct. correct? Todoist. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and if... I get a healthy kickback, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. Not really. So uh, this episode sponsored by Todoist. No. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, that's good because I know a lot of people who are using their inbox as a to-do list and that's a bad idea. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. 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 And for me, I'm crazy organized and Given the scope of my job, I have to be. Oh, I have sure. to keep a lot of stuff in the air. Sure. So I would absolutely fall apart without that app. All right. Well, that's great. That's one we have not had before okay. on this podcast. That's great. All right. Here's the last question. I think you are either going to be one of the last episodes in 2022 or one of the first in 2023. Whoa. Okay. What are you looking forward to in the next year? What am I looking forward to? Um, next year, I have a daughter graduating from high school. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, I mean, as her mom, there'll be some sad stuff for me, sure. but I'm so excited for her yeah. and seeing um, what adventures she's going yeah. gonna to take for herself. And I don't know. I'm just excited for now that Life is sort of returning to normal or yeah. whatever normal is now. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on wood, right? Yeah. Um, I guess just looking forward to a year that is normal. Okay. I, I don't know. That sounds so boring, but... No, normal is great. Yeah, true. <laughs> boring yeah. is great. Yeah. Actually, I will go to bat for boring. I okay. have found that... <laughs> Um, my my life as it has gotten more boring has gotten exponentially better. Okay, so more boring, more better. So more boring in 23. That's, yeah, yeah. That's what we yeah. say. All right. Well, uh, Eileen, this has not been boring. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for staying in touch over the years. Yeah. And thanks for all the good work you're doing. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everybody who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Azure Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next time with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then. 